I'm Dr. Kimberly Manning. And this is Dr. Ashley McMullen. And you're listening to the Human Doctor Podcast, where we explore the human side of medicine, along with teaching, living, learning, and all things in between. Using the power of storytelling, conversation, and connectedness. Hey, we're two dope academic internal medicine doctors, but we ain't your doctors. So if you perceive anything we say here as medical advice, no, it ain't that. Also, the things we say, they only reflect our brilliant black woman magic mind and not our employers. You could have been anywhere, y'all, but you chose to be here with us and we appreciate you. Let's Let's go. go. Yes, I'm actually doing really great. I was having some difficulty sleeping last week again, and I got a lot of rest over the weekend. Mm -hmm. Like there was a lot of bad weather um, in California and I was very blessed to be able to stay home and really enjoy a very lazy, rainy weekend. You're having a great hair day too. You know, Mahalia is actually about three inches shorter than she was. Oh, uh, is that right? Okay. At the end of the year. So she needed a little trim. Yeah, she's looking good though. She's looking good. Thank um, you. Well, I am glad you finally got some rest. I'm happy to hear that. When I reached out to you this morning and said, how are you? And you said, I feel great. I was like, oh Lord, let's <laughs> and record this thing right yeah, now. Exactly. Uh, um, I had an um, exciting weekend and last uh, week. So as y'all probably noticed last week, we took a bye week and I just want to acknowledge that wellness to us is really important and uh, time is just not a renewable resource. And sometimes when life is lifing and things are swirling around us and our executive producer ain't sleeping (laughs) or whatever, (laughs) sometimes you just have to pause Mm -hmm. and do what you got to do, which is what we did. So during our pause... Um, I was on the hospital service, so I was actually very busy. I already was telling Ashley that I was working primarily with our aging population. Um, Our teams are aggregated at Grady, so I was on Team G, our geriatric team, and just learned a lot, really thinking a lot about the importance of agility and balance. So many of our elders are falling, Mm. um, and it's very disruptive um, to people's lives to fall down and not be able to get themselves back up. So, but also just lots of wisdom from our elders. Learned a lot, heard a lot of funny things. Fun to be talking to people during football season to hear people's funny quips. One of my favorite ones was the patient. He was rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I said, well, I guess you and Taylor Swift will be really happy if they win. (laughs) He said, Taylor Swift, what position he play? I don't know him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, sir, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Um, but the other exciting thing I did uh, last weekend is that I went to the North Georgia mountains mm-hmm. um, for an overnight trip with my first year advisee group. Wow. They were very, very like set on us going for a little retreat away as a group. And we did the entire group, 100% attendance, including the small group advisor. We went and toured one of the North Georgia wineries, Yona Mountain Winery. I recommend it. Mm. And then we played board games and we talked and we did like predictions of what we predict that they'll go into in the future. And I save it in a vault and then pull it back out um, in their fourth year. And uh, it was just a really good, special time with a really diverse group of people. I love that. Yeah, it was dope. 
making me think I need to step it up with my uh, first year student group. Yeah, it was it was good. I mean, it were, what was also really good is like in the moment we were sitting at the table playing this this game it was something called like we are not strangers. We were once strangers. I forgot what it was like a card game where you pull out questions and they'll ask you like a deep question and everybody around it makes you kind of disclose things about yourself. It was mm -hmm. pretty cool. But as they were all talking, I was just looking around the table and they are racially diverse, ethnically diverse, neurodiverse, socioeconomically diverse. I was just thinking, this is such a really different group of people. But what I told them on the first day is this is the family family you did not choose. This is like going to be like your siblings. Like you can get on each other's nerves. You can feel a way about each other sometimes. But what you can't do is turn your backs on each other, be unkind or let anybody else be unkind to people that's mm -hmm. in your family. And they bought into that thing. That's dope. It's really like, it's like this is a, this is a diversity dream. This mm -hmm. group. Mm. Because we're not actually thinking about our differences. Everybody is just kind of safe. Yeah. It was cool. I love it. Yeah, man. Well, can, can I tell you something exciting that I did over the weekend as well? Absolutely. I thought you were in your pajamas all weekend. I was actually, <laughs> but you know, in, in the latest chapter of the, the nerd chronicles of, of Ashley, one of my favorite things to do, especially in the beginning of the year is to do like a personal finance deep dive. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I love looking at my personal finances and like I have a spreadsheet. I look at budget. I look at credit. I look at my student loans. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one of the reasons it makes me really happy is because, you know, I, I really didn't grow up with any kind of sense of financial wellness or like mm -hmm. how to manage money. And I was really afraid of money for a long time. You know, mm. I watched my parents struggle. You know, a lot of folks perhaps can relate to kind of going through that kind of paycheck to paycheck cycle. And the thinking, unfortunately, a lot of times is just, you just need a bigger paycheck. Mm. Uh, but, you know, regardless of how much income you have coming in, you know, it really requires a lot of diligence in terms of how to grow wealth and really kind of align your spending with your own values. And, um, you know, when I do this stuff, it just makes me really, really proud of not only like learning the stuff for myself, but also like feeling like I'm in a good place. Like it's actually really empowering, wow. I think, to have a good handle on how much money you have coming in, like what are your expenses and to have a plan to tackle debt. And, um, you know, one of the things that I'll share for any folks who are in training, you know, to really consider funding a Roth IRA particularly if you are in not in your peak earning years or you're in a lower tax bracket. If you're not doing that, look it up and start doing that. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, you know, I had that account kind of sitting there after I completed training um, as an attending, I can no longer fund that account directly. But this year I did decide to start funding it through a backdoor option, which is kind of like a tax loophole. Okay. Um, White Coat Investor has a really, really good step-by-step -step process if you want to do this. It's a good idea because it allows your money to grow. And then over time, you can, you know, after you retire, you can pull it out and not have to pay taxes on it. Mm -hmm. But it really only makes sense after you've kind of maxed out your other like tax sheltered accounts, especially your, if you're in a higher tax bracket or you live in California where taxes, you know, decimate <laughs> your your income every year. Mm -hmm. So that that is my my pearl oh. for, for folks. That's dope. I do want you to do my finances. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> 
<sighs> All right. Kings, queens, and non-binary royalty. Today is your lucky day. In addition to already hearing about the, you know, financial brilliance of Dr. McMullen, you now get to be treated to her brilliance of storytelling. I have no idea what she's going to talk about. She probably has no idea what she's going to talk about. <laughs> However, with all of this time that I have been talking, it gives her plenty of time to hopefully sort her thing out. So <laughs> Dr. McMullen, what sis is the what? <laughs> wow. You are spot on. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for this. The what that I believe we're going to we're going to work through on this episode <laughs> is activism. Oh. Yeah. Activism. Yes. Oh, the people. Exactly. And in fact, it comes with imagery. I actually just texted you a photo. What? Yes. Oh, wow. Look at us. We're multimedia. I know, sense. right? Oh, wow. Just, is that you? That's me. Girl, what are you doing? That that's the story. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. All right, can I can I tell them what I'm looking at? Yes, please. Okay, so I am looking at a photo that has a doctor in a white, a long white coat, and they are standing in front of a big A crowd of people. It's giving. It's giving March on Washington. It's giving. I have a dream. Mm -hmm. It's giving all that. Wow, that's a great description. Pretty good. Okay. Yeah. So that picture is, it's on the steps of City Hall in San Francisco. The person in the white coat happens to be me. Okay. And um, you'll see that I am flanked by two people, one of whom I believe is on my right. The picture is looking, it's, it's the camera is facing behind us, okay. but there is a person in a orange suit. And that person is Congresswoman Nancy Pelosi. No big deal. No big deal. NBD. Okay. So I want to basically take you on a journey as to how I got to this place. I, it reminds me of like those opening scenes in the movie where they're like start at some point and then the narrator's like, you're probably wondering how I got to, to this place. Yep, I can set that thing up. Yeah. yeah. So this was in 2017. I was a second year resident and this is not too long after the presidential inauguration of Donald Trump. I think that in November of 2016, there was a lot of very mixed emotions going through our country. And I can say for myself, it was quite devastating, actually. You know, I, I consider myself a skeptic by, by many means, but that was something that I really was not expecting. You know, it really was a time of reckoning, I think, for a lot of folks in terms of, you know, who who we are, who we are as a country and what our values are. And, you know, for folks who know me, I am back of the pack, last one in, first one out. I came into residency really not seeing myself as a leader. You know, I really, I knew that I was smart, I was capable, but I didn't want to be in the spotlight. You know, it's always funny to me now that I'm in these positions where I'm often like speaking in front of crowds and mm -hmm. you know, doing these talks at conferences. But, you know, for folks who really know me, like I am the the textbook introvert. I'm I'm the quiet one. And that's always been kind of my my countenance growing up. But after that election, people started getting really active. 
in ways that I wasn't really used to seeing. Like I wasn't really involved in politics or paying attention. And then one of the first things that seemed to be on the chopping block in 2017 was the Affordable Care Act. Mm -hmm. And so millions of people who had acquired health insurance through that system were going to be at risk of losing their coverage without a clear plan for an alternative option. Right. And so my colleagues at UCSF, particularly those of us in the primary care track that was based at San Francisco General, which is our safety net hospital, formed a kind of grassroots advocacy group to try to bring more awareness into like what the Affordable Care Act is, what it means to people and how to really kind of advocate to make sure that we do our due diligence to try to protect this legislation until there's a better option. Sure. And so my colleagues like really got got to work. You know, I was kind of on the sidelines, like, good for y'all. Like, that sounds like a great idea. Let me know if you need anything. But, you know, as it turns out, you know, residents are also very busy. And so a lot of the folks who were very much like kind of the architects of this organization were going on to inpatient rotations when I was coming off of inpatient rotation. So I had a little mm -hmm. bit more time on my hands. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, Ashley, hey, can you take up the mantle on, on these oh, couple things? Yeah. So I did. And one of those things was a rally outside of our hospital where we had, you know, press come through and like, you know, started kind of getting the word out like, hey, this is something that we care about as young doctors. And so I spoke at that rally. And then from there, I got word from our union, which uh, the UCSF residents are unionized. Our residents have had an opportunity to negotiate salary, parental leave, and, and options for, for coverage for folks who need more fertility treatment. Mm -hmm. So go union. <laughs> mm -hmm. But the other thing our union does is advocate for, for our patients. And so our union was partnering with our residents in this organizational group and caught wind that Nancy Pelosi was coming into town. Mm. And she was coming into town specifically in support of protecting the Affordable Care Act. So Nancy Pelosi was going to be holding a rally in the heart of San Francisco on the steps of City Hall. And our resident union finagled a way to potentially get a spot for one of the residents to speak. Wow. I was not the first one to volunteer and raise my hand. <laughs> <You're> introverts. <laughs> exactly. No thanks. But a couple of my colleagues were just like, hey, you spoke at this rally. Do you think you could also represent us at this much bigger rally <laughs> with Nancy Pelosi? And it wasn't a guarantee. You know, a lot of things, especially when they involve politicians, is just kind of these kind of last minute, you're either in or you're out. Mm hmm and I was just like, okay, well, what am I supposed to say? They're just like, you come up with something. And so I was just like, okay, well, maybe I'll just tell a story. I recalled an interaction that I'd had with a person when I was a medical student in Houston who had been involved in an accident, didn't have insurance, basically lost everything, their business, their family, their home, ended up homeless sleeping in the park next to our hospital. Mm. So I thought about how to tell the story in a few minutes while also protecting this person's identity. And so I submitted it and I said, yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, I remember distinctly the, the evening before this rally, and I'm learning that this isn't going to be hundreds of people. Like, this is going to be thousands of people. Mm. 
And so I'm walking down 24th Street in the mission area of San Francisco, wrapping my head around, just like, how the hell am I going to do this? And I stopped outside one of my favorite bookstores. It's called Alley Cat Books. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a little indie bookshop. And they had the bin outside with, you know, the books you can pick up. They're like a dollar. And I just happened to pick up one book. And of course, I'm blanking on the name. It's right behind me. We'll, we'll put it in the show notes. Al- along with 500 other books behind her. <laughs> yeah. And she pointed like it was going to be one book. It's a yeah. big stack of books behind her. But anyway, keep going. <laughs> but the, the, the book was about Ruby Bridges. Oh, wow. And it had a picture of her on the, on the cover as a little girl. You know, it felt a little divine because, you know, it kind of put things in perspective for me. I was just like, if this little girl can boldly walk up to this school yeah. With all these angry grown folks screaming, protesting just her, her literal presence at a school. I was like, I can get up on these steps and, and, and talk to these people. Mm. And then I got up the next morning and uh, one of our union representatives, who or he's, he was a staff worker for the union, picked me up, you know, in his kind of beat up Corolla, you know, you know, we roll up to... Um, City Hall, and we go up into this room, this very kind of palatial room. There's a couple people gathered around these different speakers, and you know, Nancy Pelosi walks in. And you know, say what you will about Nancy Pelosi, that you know, I don't, I'm not here to debate, you know, how folks feel about her, but one thing I will stand on is that woman is a boss. Like she walked into that room and she was just in command, like, you know, giving, she was giving all the things. (laughs) It was, it was incredible. I like, I wish I could remember all the things that she said, but she was just like, you know, she was on mission, man. And, you know, I, I just really enjoyed being able to, to, to witness that, that it was just like this really kind of good energy. And so we eventually kind of all walked onto the steps. We had the order in which we were going to go in. And I had a couple comments just kind of written on a little, little note card. When I got up to the podium, you know, it's just like all the nerves, all the, you know, insecurity, it just kind of vanished. And it was just like a very proud moment to share this story and really kind of get active, you know, so to speak around something that I, I, I cared about and, also, it was my first introduction to really like the power of storytelling as it pertains to advocacy. That's right. And that's kind of what I like to to teach now is that narrative medicine, what we do is not just about, you know, feel good stories. It really is meant to advocate in a way that opens people's awareness and perceptions around things that they may not have thought about or thought about in that way. So needless to say, you know, it was, <laughs> I, I, I will say I was speaking to a friendly crowd, but it was, it was really awesome just to, to feel that energy. And I, I had, you know, my friends in the audience, Amanda, of course, was out there recording. It was really, really cool. You know, that really was kind of um, a jump off point for me in terms of, you know, getting active and, you know, speaking up and speaking out. And yeah. You know, suffice to say, I think that that still holds true, especially in 2024, that if you're not fired up about something, something that's worth looking into or getting active about, you're probably not paying attention. And I think that it's also important to recognize that advocacy can look many different ways. And it doesn't always have to be you 
speaking up at a protest. I think you have to figure out what it means to you and do that. Maybe it's donating money. Maybe it's calling folks. Maybe it's just getting informed. But, you know, that was a really important moment for me to recognize. This is something that I want to keep doing. Mm. And so after that, we were all kind of gathered back in the in city hall and I walked up to Congresswoman Pelosi. She was Speaker Pelosi at that point. And I was just like, hey, is it okay if I have a picture with you? And she looked at me and she was like, it would be my honor to take a photo with you. And so that was my Facebook profile for at least like two years. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. Well, that's dope. A few things come to mind as I listen to you talk about that. You know, an activist that many people listening have heard of, um, the late Mamie Till. Mm. Uh, She was the mother of Emmett Till, uh, who unfortunately was lynched by um, an angry mob um, when he was down in down south visiting family. He was from Chicago. Um, One of the things that uh, Mamie Till said, though, was um, when she would tell the story and show the pictures of what happened to her son, is she said, let the world see. Mm. I believe that narratives and stories are are revolutionary in that way because they let the world see. Sometimes when I'm thinking about telling a story to, to make a point or to ignite people to think or even pivot away from how they were thinking or to wake them up. Mm -hmm. I just remember the courage that it took for her um, to say, let the world see. Mm -hmm. And when you stood up that day and you told that story, you know, it's one thing you could get up and you could just lay out all the statistics like this many people don't have insurance. This many people don't have access to care. These hypothetical people are trying to get into our clinic and can't. Mm -hmm. When you walk in and you tell the story of one person who is unstably housed and, you know, outside in the elements day to day um and 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 you like create a face and an image around a person you let mm-hmm. the world see yeah you know you let the world see and um I've, i actually thought about that a lot during the pandemic when i was telling stories over twitter i was like you know i could keep telling y'all over and over about what's happening to black folks mm-hmm. and how y'all are misunderstanding us but you know what i can show you better than i can tell you yes let the, let the world see yeah Absolutely. That's exactly how I feel as well. And, you know, why I feel so lucky to have this, this space, you know, also encourage other people, like, you know, everybody has a story to tell. That's right. You say you want a revolution. Well, you know, (laughs) we all want to change the world. Mm -hmm. And and the way you do that is one person at a time, telling the story, letting people make it real and letting the world see. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, meanwhile, I thought your Nocturnist debut on the on the stage was your big, big debut. It turns out <laughs> you was out in these streets telling stories to the masses. Long, long <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I know you put some respect on your storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think the Nocturnist was really my debut in terms of really sharing parts of myself that I had been scared to share before. So, you know, it's all a part of the, the same journey in the ways that stories shape us as we're trying to advocate on behalf of others. So ain't that the truth? Well, sis, that was a really great image for me to see. 
I think when uh, we share about this, maybe in our show notes, we can find a way to show the picture. (laughs) (laughs) Catherine, we appreciate you. Catherine, shout out to Catherine on them show notes. Catherine is a a whole resident physician Mm -hmm. and she is, she is hammering out those show notes. So, you know, because if it wasn't for Catherine, y'all would not have no show notes. Exactly. (laughs) But it's all good. It's all good. Well, um, sis, thank you for blessing us with that story. Um, Thank you for your activism, and hopefully you give other people the courage to find their way to affect change. Amen. Thank you, sis. Love you. Love you more. I'm proud of you. That wraps up this week's episode of the Human Doctor Podcast. Special thanks to our favorite brother gastroenterologist, Dr. Chuma Obiname for the beats. Shout out to the Dr. Ashley McMullen for editing and production. Mad love to our podcast family at The Nocturnist and the Clinical Problem Solvers, our Med Twitter fam. And especially shout out to all of you, our listeners. Until next week, remember, we see you and you are enough. Holla! Holla.